Father, thank you for your grace, your goodness, and your mercy. Father, we thank you for a brand new year. Father, to get this job done. And Father, we've come together to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us. And Father, we purpose to have ears to hear. Not only ears to hear, but a heart to receive. And a heart that is willing to do to get this job done. And so, Father, may your words be said, your deeds be done, your glory be made manifest. And Father, we trust you for your highest and best tonight. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Good good evening, everyone. And welcome to the second night of Holy Ghost Meetings. Now, I got to ask, who was not here last night? A whole lot of you, praise the Lord. You know, if, if everyone came every night, uh, we probably wouldn't have room in the building. So I guess you're all taking turns. And so that's a very Christian thing for you to do. But, uh, and so, but for those of you that weren't here uh, last night, we want to encourage you to, we used to say it this way, get the tape, but that kind of dates me. And so uh, go on the archive, and uh, because each night it builds, we go from glory and glory. But we are so honored and thrilled to have you here tonight and, and being with us because we truly believe that we are hearing from heaven. We're getting marching orders from the Spirit of God. And so welcome, everybody. Thank you uh, for those of you who came out. I know that uh, you could be home watching Netflix. You could be trimming your nails. There's a whole lot of things you can be doing, but you've chosen tonight to come uh, to worship God, to hear from heaven. And we, we know this, that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And uh, we also want to welcome all those via live stream all over the world. And so we thank you. We thank you for tuning in. And before uh, we, we get in uh, to the message tonight, again, I want to thank all of my partners uh, that uh, help Nancy and I personally, and of course with FCI. It, it really allows us to travel and carry out this work of reaching, teaching, releasing. And so without you, uh, my ability would be very, very limited. And uh, you're always, always in my heart. And I thank God for each and every one of you for your love gifts and for your prayers. Uh, I, I mean that from the depth of my heart. And I'm looking forward to uh, Judgment Day, you know, when we stand before the Lord. Not that you're going to get it in a bad way, but you're going to get it in a good way. For everything done through this ministry, you, you have a part in it and you'll be rewarded. And we are so honored and thrilled about that, to be running together in our race. Um, if you have your Bibles tonight, let's go ahead and jump right in. We took care of a lot of house business, a lot of preliminaries. Uh, Last night, again, if you weren't here, we want to encourage you to go online. I believe uh, you can hit our Facebook uh, page, uh, Family Church, Family Church International. It, is it up on YouTube yet? It's up on YouTube. And so, um, because faith comes by hearing, and we can't really get out exactly what the Lord is saying in just one service, so we're going to build and build on. And of course, we're going to do a little review for those of you that are newer with us. But also, I, find, I found this out. No matter how concise I want to be in my review, it seems like the Spirit of God would want me to emphasize a certain truth. You know, like I have some more I want to say at the end of the message, but He, he will take time in something we said maybe yesterday or last week. He'd want me to reemphasize that because that's important to Him. And so we, we don't want to quench the Spirit of God. Wherever the unction is, wherever the flow is, that is 
what we want because we, we just don't want to say we've we had Holy Ghost meetings. Our goal is to hear from heaven and get our marching orders from heaven. And so um, Revelation chapter 2 and verse 7, it seems like the past couple of years I've used this as my starting point in Holy Ghost meetings. And it says this, Revelation 2, 7, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. To him that overcometh, I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And we know this, reading the book of Revelation, that John was on the island of Patmos. He was exiled. You know, the Romans thought, man, if we could just get this guy away from civilization, he can do no more harm to the kingdom of darkness. And so no matter what the devil tries, God always has a trump card. He receives a vision, a visitation on this exiled island, and it becomes the word of God and a full disclosure of what's going to happen in the last days. But, be, but before John writes about, you know, the tribulation, the Antichrist, and, and all those things in the, in the world, there are uh, two chapters, uh, chapter 2 and chapter 3, that are epistles to the church, and actually letters written to seven literal churches in Asia Minor. And I, I believe... Uh, all these churches, of course, number one, these churches were little churches that exist in Asia Minor. But I believe, like so many people believe, that they are prophetic, meaning if you look at each church, that throughout the church age, it really tells where the church was, the challenges the church was facing, the things that the church had to overcome. And, uh, you know, if we look at the last letter written uh, to the churches, is the church of Laodicea. And if you read what Jesus said about the church of Laodicea, you would say, hey, that looks like the church today. And so I believe that about being lukewarm and so forth, not family churches. And uh, know this, no matter, you know, even if these were historical um, descriptions of the church age, you can be any church you want. And so I, cho I choose to be the Church of Philadelphia, the, the faithful church that uh, will be greatly rewarded where God opens the door, no man can shut. But in general, we see the church of Laodicea is depicted of this church age, and Jesus had something to say to that church, and it would do us well, pastors do you well to teach on that, to make sure we're not the church of Laodicea, we're not like the worldly church or the fleshly church. But in all of these churches, Jesus had a message, and each message was different. And I always like to look at this in the starting point of our Holy Ghost meetings. That number one, Jesus has a message for number one, the universal church. The church is his bride. He is overseeing all the duties of the church. And as our head uh, gives direction to our body, Jesus is given direction to his body. So he'll have a message for the universal church. But here it says, he that has ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And so Jesus has a message to the local church. Each church, Jesus has something specific that he wants to say. And of course, he has something specific that he wants to say to each and every one of us. 
Now, uh, a thought just came as I mentioned that. Notice where the Spirit of God and where Jesus is given His message, His marching orders. Notice it is in the churches. Jesus said uh, that a sheep without a shepherd is what? Scattered. And so here again we see that there are certain things that Jesus will communicate only through the local church. And so if you um, are the type says, I don't need a local church, I don't need a pastor, I don't need to, to congregate together. Well, if you were living in the day that this was written, you would miss out of what Jesus was saying to you. That's why it's so important that we congregate. And the book of Hebrews says that as the day approaches, as we come closer and closer to the coming Lord, it's even more and more important that uh, we not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, that we, we gather together. And so, and as we gather together, the, the Holy Ghost will say things and, and minister to us. And so, we use this as our golden text because we want to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And, uh, you know, we gave us some direction. We're going to uh, build on that direction. And uh, something we, 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 we addressed here, we never really need to convince God to speak to us. Or God, give, give us direction uh, for our church. Give us direction for our ministry. Give me direction for, for my life. Notice what Jesus said, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. What he's saying, I'm speaking. You know, you know we, we don't need to kind of convince God, hey God, wake up, wake up God, I need direction. No, notice what Jesus said, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. He says, I am speaking. I am given a message. It's not on my end. You need to take time to hear. Sort of like this, and again, I know this dates, uh, dates me, but uh, before all the satellites and stuff like that, we used to listen to radio. And uh, radio still exists today. And uh, for you young kids, if you don't know anything about radio, ask your parents or your grandparents that you explain radio. But, um, you know, um, there are radio waves constantly in, in the air. Right now, believe it or not, there are radio waves, there are messages, there are music being broadcast in this building. But can you hear them? No. But they're there and they're real. And what do you need to do? You got to get your, your tuner or your radio and you need to tune in to them. And that's what we're doing in the Holy Ghost meetings. God is speaking. God has given direction. And you are taking the time to tune in, to listen in to what heaven says. Um, something that uh, I shared last night, and I'll share again, uh, from the book Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. Pastor Scott may mention we have that book in the book table. I encourage all my pastors and ministers to read that at least once a day, and it's good for everyone. Now, the reason I quote Brother Hagin so much, because everything I know he taught me, and everything I don't know is not his fault, but um, he was sent, divinely sent, to get the church ready for the coming of the Lord. And that's part of my ministry. You all know that, that, uh, you know, I had a visitation that Jesus said, I'm coming soon. And whenever Brother Hagin had a vision, usually a book came out. And the revelation and material in those books were given uh, to him to give to the body of Christ to get the church ready for his return. And one, the, the last revelations or last books that the Lord gave him was the book Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. And if you read that book, 
uh, Jesus is talking to Brother Hagin. And of course, Brother Hagin not only has a national voice, he had an international voice, and his voice is still being carried out all over the world. That uh, Jesus said this, there are some things I've been wanting to do in the church. There are some things I've been wanting to do in the world, but I can't do them. I need my body to cooperate with me. I need my church to work with me. You know, if like my head, you know, Jesus is the head of the body. If my head says to my body, I'm thirsty, go get some water. And if my body doesn't hear that, and if my body doesn't heed what my head says, I mean, no, my, my body doesn't get any water. A lot of people believe that God just does everything that he wants to, or Jesus does everything he wants to. He divinely chose to work through us. He is the head, we are the body, and Jesus has chosen to work through us. And that's why it is so important that we hear what the head is communicating to the body. And so, through plans, purpose, pursuits, I'm just going to do a couple of quotes. And I I believe this is why uh, we're having this theme about hearing from heaven, uh, listening to what God has to say. And Jesus said this to Brother Hagin, the Lord spoke to me and said, I bless all of my people as far as I can. But the reason there's not a move of God and the depth, the flow of the Spirit, that, and the fullness of the manifestation of the Holy Ghost is, is because men do not take time to hear from me. You ladies are off the hook, aren't you? It's just us men. How many know he's talking about male men, female men, people, his people? We could say it this way, uh, that uh, the reason we don't have the fullness is my church, my people do not take time to hear from me, and they do not take time to follow my plan set forth in the scriptures. The more clearly you follow my plan, the more my power will be in demonstration and manifestation. And so... From that, we see that, you know, God's plans are blessed. Whenever God authors, God's blessing, God's powers are, God's glory is there. But Jesus told Brother Hagin, tell my body that uh, when you come up with your own ideas and your own plans and you ask me to bless them, I'll bless them as far as I can, but you're not going to receive the full blessing unless you what? Take time to hear And thank God, you know what we're doing these three days? We are taking time to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches. And God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So God bless you for coming out tonight and listening. For those of you maybe you'd like to come out, could not because of other responsibilities. God bless you for taking time to what? Hear. Now, I want to say this that even though we're sharing what I believe the Spirit of God has given me and communicated to me for the church, the family churches, and the body of Christ, um, what is more important than what I say, what is more important than what I say is what the Holy Ghost says to you about what I say. And you got to know that about the Holy Ghost. You know, um, you may be having a financial need, and you, you need to have a breakthrough financially. And your pastor's talking about family and marriage. And if you go there and say, well, he, 
I, I don't need that. I'm not even married. I have a financial problem or I have a physical problem. How many know you just cut off from hearing? You've not allowed the Spirit of God to speak to you. And But if you're there and you're hungering, thirsting, God, I need answers. I need to hear from heaven. Your pastor may just say a, a statement about how to treat your spouse. And because you have ears to hear and you're listening, the Spirit of God can take that and interpret that to your spirit and give light to your mind and give you your answer because you are hearing. And so, you know, you may say, well, you, you talk so much about ministers and ministry. Well, we got a job to do. But uh, what is more important than what I say is what the Spirit of God is saying to you. If you have ears to hear, your answers will be here. You'll get marching orders for 2023. So with that, let's go ahead and look at our golden text. It's found in Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29. For weeks and weeks, probably months, I've been seeking the Lord. Lord, what do you want? us to do? What do you want us to teach on? What is our marching orders for 2023? Is there anything we're doing you don't want us to do? Is there anything we're not doing uh, you want us to do? And just, you know, waiting on him for weeks and uh, just, you know, of course I have other messages and responsibilities and travel and so forth, but just bring it before the Lord. But, you know, as we got the weeks got closer, several weeks, and I just kind of tuned into that one thing. Well, Lord, what are you saying to us? What are our marching orders? What is your plan for us? And this is what came to me. This, this verse and what we're sharing is what he gave me. In Proverbs 29, in verse 18, and it says this, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Here it talks about a vision. And it also talks about the effects of a vision. Of course, here it says what happens when there is no vision. There, there's an effect on people's lives. And of course, we can just flip that record play the other side. Is whenever there is a vision, a right vision, uh, the people won't perish. They will prosper. The people will be blessed. And so whether people perish or people prosper or blessed is dependent upon a vision being given. And so we asked, and we looked at what is a vision, and we looked at a Bible definition, because men can have uh, their own definition, but God has His definition. So a Bible definition, a God definition, is a vision is divinely given sight. And we understand that the visions in the Bible weren't, you know, something people thought up or people imagined say that would be a good idea god gave sight god revealed something supernaturally it's also been uh, translated oracle a revelation guidance by god we can call a vision we can also call it a visitation you know, I, I like that. I, I almost was going to go that way weeks and weeks ago. Um, I, I was just meditating, came to my heart where Jesus came to Jerusalem and wept over it. Wept over it. And why did weep? And he said this, oh, if you'd known the things that were meant for your peace. If you would have known the blessing God had for you. What was before you. What I wanted to do for you. But it said this, they would not. Because, and it said this, they knew not the time of their visitation. 
And because they didn't have a vision or visitation, he goes on and we find out that they what? They perish. You know, where there's no vision, people perish. They didn't receive that vision. They didn't receive that visitation. Then he said, you know, there's not going to be one stone laid upon another. And so again, vision or visitation is powerful. And so this is a God-given thing. And um, what, what is a man's interpretation? I've been in classes, even church classes, at leadership classes to say, you know, every church needs a vision. Well, yeah, rightfully so. And then they would say, you know what you need is a goal, a mission statement, a strategy. What, what kind of, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Where do you want to be? And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That is a natural vision. But we're talking about a God-given vision. And so, you know, we can formulate our own plans and our own purposes. But God is only going to bless His plans, His purposes, hence His vision. What He authors, what He shows, what He reveals. And everything that God does is supernatural. And so without a vision, people perish. Uh, again, another quote for plans, purposes, and pursuits. You know, if my, my ministry was just to quote Brother Hagen and his books, I would feel satisfied that I'm obeying God because, you know, he was uh, raised up. And, and if you've heard in his latter years, he was a very humble man. But actually, uh, of course, Satan tried to kill him uh, before he's born. And after he's born, you know, he had those uh, two incurable uh, blood diseases, a deformed heart, his body's deformed. He was born less than two pounds. He was actually aborted, aborted as a baby, and, and God spared him and so forth. Why was Satan so adamant against his life? Well, Jesus appeared to his mom and said, fear not, the baby will be born, and you shall call his name John. And just as I sent John the Baptist to be a forerunner of my first coming, I've sent him and that ministry to be a forerunner of my second coming. Now, that doesn't mean he was Elijah or, or uh, John the Baptist, but his ministry was meant to be a forerunner for the coming of the Lord. And that's why I quote Brother Hagin. That's why I'm divinely uh, connected with him. And so anytime I quote his books like this, we, we are giving you equipment, we are giving you words from heaven to get you ready for the coming Lord, to get the Lord's marching orders. Uh, in Plans, pur Purposes, and Pursuits, uh, Brother Hagin says there's a pastor who was struggling, and Lord said, he never asked me for any kind of plan for his life, his ministry of his church. And it says, he said this, Jesus said, he forms his own plans, then he asked me to bless them. And I bless him as far as I can, but I cannot meet his financial needs because he's putting forth his own plans and not mine. And he, and he goes on, and Jesus said he's doing a whole lot of things I never asked him to do. Again, without a vision, people perish. This, this pastor, the brother Hagen, uh, mentioned the Lord, and the Lord was given the answer, came up with his own vision, his own idea for his life and ministry. And so I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and then, Lord, I want you to bless what I'm doing. And he's perishing, he's struggling. He was, he was struggling financially, struggling in his health. Why? Without a vision, without a God-given vision, people perish. In this case, he was perishing, his church was hurting. And so... Uh, it's, it's so important, I cannot stress it enough, to take time to hear. 
take time here. You know, um, if you're hurting and struggling, you need to what? Take time to hear and find out. Even the word of the Lord came uh, last night, you know, just, and I never saw it before that, you know, ministry and, and uh, doing things for God is like a seed. How many know farmers know when you plant seed, there's a season where it seems like nothing is happening. You know, you put seed in the ground and you look at it for a day or a week and, you know, all that work is not, nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. But after a while, after a due season, you reap. And eventually, after uh, weeks, you know, the seed ought to produce. And same thing with the ministry. After, you know, I, I think it's about five years, it ought to produce and, and, and take, uh, you know, some form and begin to see things and, and begin to draw people. But if years and years and years are going by and it's still no fruit, the Spirit of God says you need to ask why there's no fruit. You know, again, what, what is the Spirit of God saying? Take time to hear. So it's important if things aren't working as, as much and as well as they should, take time to hear. And God may just say, you know, in due season, just hold on. In due season. He'll encourage you. Or He may give you some adjustment. And you want to get that adjustment. But if you don't take time to hear and you just keep going and going, how many of you can hit your head against the wall and get really bloody, real frustrated? And you can go that way for years and years. But if you just pause and maybe, maybe just take four days to wait on God, how many know that can spare four years of misery? Taking time to hear. I remember in our old church building, 45 Lakeview. Thank God it's in the process of being bought. The pastors were here last night, so we honored them. It was great. They're wonderful, wonderful people and doing a wonderful, wonderful work. Um, that when I overtook the church, uh, the previous pastor was told you could not renovate the downstairs. You know, someone looked at it and said, no, you can't do anything with the downstairs. And of course, then when I came on board, I looked at all that space and we outgrew the top level. I says, man, that's a, that's a bunch of wasted space. And so we called an engineer in and I says, are, are we, can we do anything with this? He says, oh, absolutely. You, you can do this. You can do that. And so we, we did that. And so, you know, we, we, we formulated a plan. We need a nursery area, a children's area. And, you know, we sought heaven. Could we do this? God gave the go. And it, w it was like supernatural. It was supernatural how the money came in. And I, I couldn't tell you to this day where the money came in. And, you know, of course, when you do a project, there is work involved. And when there's contractors, you, you work with that. And so I'm not saying, like, we just went down there one day and it appeared. But, you know, you, through the process, it was so light and easy. The money came. I, it, it, was, it was so easy and wonderful. And I remember we, we did that and it was success. Now we got a nursery, we, we got a children's area, and now there's the rest of the downstairs, which is a little bit bigger. We probably took about one third of it, maybe uh, not quite half of it to do children's and nursery. It says, you know, we need a youth area, bless God. And, you know, I talked to my board. I said, man, this was so light and easy. The money came in and let's do the youth room right now. And they were excited, we were excited, because it was so easy. But I have a problem. I walk closely with heaven. I pray a lot. And in the nighttime, I'm praying. And also, I have a vision. Without a vision, people perish. 
In the vision, I see if we're to do that renovation, I saw the two by fours and everything just, it was like a tornado hit it. Just, and it would be a disaster financially and a disaster for the church. And so, what do I do? I let my board know. I says, uh, excuse me, let's, let's just put a pause. Uh, the Lord spoke to me last night. I didn't tell my division, whatever. The Lord spoke that now is not the time. And, uh, you know, God blessed us, and uh, we were able to raise money. Then when the time came several years later, we did the city, and, you know, we, we drew a lot of youth and, and so forth. But what would have happened if I didn't take time to hear? And a lot of times, we, we tend, well, I had a success this time. We'll keep doing what I've always done. And, and without hearing from heaven, you can get in trouble. That's the beautiful thing about David. David was a, a man after God's own heart. He would seek God every time he went to battle. He said, Lord, how do you want to do this? And uh, there was an enemy came up. The Lord gave him some direction. And he followed the Lord's direction. And just, just wiped him away. As long as David walked with God, no one in his army got hurt. They were covenant men. And God supernaturally showed up on the battlefield. Because he followed God's plan. But there is one case that that same, same army, you know, that he just defeated, came back and wanted to fight again. And there's always a natural tendency just to do what you did before. But David had a problem. It's called seeking God. It, it just messes up your plans. That's the problem. Messes up your plans. And, uh, and God said, no, don't do it that way. Even though last time I told you to do it that way, you, you go around the mulberry bushes and, and set an entrapment. And, uh, you know, you just read that, well, that's great and wonderful. But that is a, a, a precursor of the Spirit-filled life. Never just continually do what you've always done without from time to time taking time to hear. So if things are struggling, take time to hear. But if you have successes, that's even more dangerous. Because you have successes, things are going well. Well, yeah, I got a lot of people. My business is doing well. You just ride on what you always did. And God may have a different direction for you to take. But if you don't take time to hear, you may miss a blessing. Or you may hit a dead end and wonder, my goodness, what is going on? It may take you time, a few years to recoup from that. So we must take time to hear. Without a vision, people perish. And so perish, what does that mean? Um, literally, of course, we understand perish means get in trouble. They can even die. But literally, it means here, uh, in a spiritual sense, to let loose or be out of control. Uh, the figure here means to let loose of the reins. You know, most of us don't ride cow, I'm not, I mean, hopefully we don't ride cows, what do you call it, um, horses, but we, we do drive cars. So what is, mean, what is meaning, uh, perish means let go of the wheel. How many know that's dangerous? You, you may go for a little bit, but uh, without your hand on the wheel, you get in trouble. And what the Word of God is saying Without a vision, without something that is God-authored, people have a tendency to take their hands off the wheel in their life. And this, this applies um, 
twofold. Of course, spiritually. You know, whenever um, the church is in a backslidden state, whenever there's no power of God and no, no convicting power of God, and, you know, people uh, come to church and all they get is a Reader's Digest sermon or uh, an encouraging word and, and so forth, but there's no encounter with God. And, and since there's no vision, no, no voice from God, you know, people can kind of let go, let go of consecration, dedication, uh, living right. They begin to say, well, it, it's not bad to watch this. It, it's not bad to drink this and, and lead down a dark path. And we said this before, how important it is to have God in our life and have God in our services. That uh, it's twofold. We want those that are confused. We want those that don't know what gender they are or the, the 27 genders now that they're out there. People that are messed up. Jesus said this, they that are whole don't need a physician, but they that are sick. You know, people ought to come to church that are broken, that are helpless, and get their help in church. But when they come to church, they ought to encounter God. Not, not just some five-step plan, not just some old encourage you stick in there. They need to encourage, they need to be, they need to see God. Remember, remember uh, Elijah? Israel was backslidden. And because Israel's backslidden, there was no strong leadership in their king. They had a backslidden king. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Therefore, Israel was backslidden. Israel was serving Baal. And Elijah, a man of God, says, Why, why are you halt between, King James, halt between two decisions? Why are you serving Baal? You know, and the people are like, Baal, God, Baal. It, it all inclusive, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, Buddha, Muhammad, Jesus. It's all good, it's one God. And that's, that's a backslidden mentality. When there is no difference between the Christian and the Muslim, no difference between Christian and Buddhist, that means the Christian is backslidden. Christianity is the only, only religion where the leader rose from the dead, healed the sick, made the blind eyes open, and told his church, go thou and do likewise. And so Israel is backslidden because its leadership was backslidden. And Elijah says, what, why, why are you serving Baal? Why are you serving God? And they're going, what's the difference? What we see in Baal's temple is the same thing we see in the church. There's no difference between the church and the world. Ooh, did I say that? Then he said something. And I love this. Because it, they didn't answer words. And there's no difference. He said, the God that answers by fire, let him be God. You know what they said? Oh, yeah. We ain't seen no fire in Baal's church. We ain't seen no fire in God's church. You're the God that answers by fire. Let me be God. And what happened when he restored the altar, and we could go there, 
about consecration, dedication, waiting on God, being consecrated, restoring the altar of God. He prayed, and what happened? The fire of God, lightning struck, and, and you know, the sacrifices uh, was licked up. He had water poured on, and a supernatural visitation of God. Fire fell from heaven. And what happened when there's this visitation, the fire had fallen from heaven? The people fell on their face and said, the Lord, He is God. And they got rid of all the Baal worship. Spiritually, without a vision, the people perish. And so spiritually, there needs to be a vision. Every pastor needs to have fire in his bosom. Every minister ought to be an oracle of God. That when, when people come into church and ministry, they, they need to know that God is in there. They may be hurting, they may be confused, but they're not comfortable. They're going to get in contact with the living God that will offer help for them. They'll either want help or they'll leave. And that, that's, the, that's the right way it should be. It shouldn't be that someone is full of demons and just has been sitting in your, your, your church for years and years, very comfortable, and say, yes, pastor, I love your preaching. I love your preaching. That's what happened with the Pharisees. Remember in, in Mark chapter 2? For, for years, a man was demon-possessed and would listen to all the lectures of these very educated men, the Pharisees. And what happened? Jesus walks in. The anointed one. He opens his Bible and just begins to speak. And all of a sudden, the demons start going crazy. What do we have to do with thee? Uh, you've come to torment us before the time. For years, that demon possessed man was in that synagogue but then a visitation came a visitation came and see without a vision people perish let go loosen morals uh, stay in bondage and so um, again this is just review but I can't seem to unhook on so let's go ahead turn with me first Samuel chapter 3 we did leave off there let's at least try to go a little further but how I many know it's not a matter of how far I want to get? Uh, we want to hear what the Spirit says. And again, you see what the Spirit of God is emphasizing, taking time to hear the importance of a vision, a visitation. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, in verse 1, and the ch- Child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord is precious in those days, and there was no open vision. And it came to pass at that time, when Eli was laid down in his place, his eyes began to wax dim, he could not see. And there the lamp of God went out in the temple of, in the, temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. This is a scriptural example of what happens when there's no vision. And we see how people perish. People let go, uh, let go of restraint. And, and people get into bondages where there is no vision. And uh, we made mention of the first verse where it says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And it just struck me strongly 
that here ministry is going on, but it's done purely on a natural level. Now, we understand that in ministry and service of the Lord, uh, when I went to Bible school, they said a ministry is spelled in four, wor- four letters, W-O-R-K. And so the work of the ministry, there is natural work, and, uh, but there's a grace of God. You know, ministry helps the cleaning, and uh, there is a natural work, but there's a grace upon it. But um, when it comes to, from the pulpit, there ought to be fire from heaven. There ought to be a visitation from heaven. And, but here we see this Samuel in the ministry of helps, learning ministry from a man named Eli, who, who was the, I believe he was the high priest uh, during that time, the highest office, the greatest voice to Israel, and he's backslidden. There, there's no supernatural ministry going on. There, there's, there's no words from heaven. He's just simply carrying out the ministry in a natural plane. And that's a very dangerous thing. The Bible says uh, in the last days people will have a form of godliness or godlikeness, but denying the power thereof. Um, the book of Jude says we should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. What was the faith that was once delivered to the saints? The book of Acts. The book of Acts is our example. The supernatural manifestations, demonstrations, starting off with the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost was a visitation. Lives were changed. People were unto the Lord. And from that point, great things happened because there was vision. There was a visitation. And so we, we need uh, to make sure that we're never okay just with a natural ministry. Um, you know, we can live a natural life or we can live a supernatural life. We, we talked about that last night. God never meant for the Christian, the child of God, just to live a natural life. We are spirit beings. Um, we, we live in a, we serve a supernatural God and God wants to do supernatural things through us, whether we're in ministry, at work, but what do we need to do? God wants to do these things. We need to take time to hear. But what I want to begin to look at, here Samuel was serving Eli, ministry was carrying on, nothing supernatural was happening, and because there was no vision, because there was no visitation, we begin to see, number one, the effects on people's lives, the effects on his children and in all of Israel. But a key here is what it says in verse 2. Here, natural ministry is going on. And it says, the word of the Lord was precious in those days. No, actually, it's uh, verse 1, but my point 2. The word of the Lord was precious in those days. That word precious means rare or scarce. That means it didn't happen very often. And we shared what the word of the Lord is. The word of the Lord is when God speaks supernaturally, the audible voice of the Holy Ghost. And uh, that's usually through the prophet's office. If you read um, the Old Testament prophets, when they would say 
the word of the Lord came to me saying. Now, I know some people have interpreted if they hear a still small voice or have a witness, they call that the word of the Lord, but it is not the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is a supernatural thing. The audible voice of the Holy Ghost speaking. And I've had that throughout my ministry. Can't turn it on. Um, but many times, just minding my own business. And uh, all of a sudden, it's like someone speaking to my shoulder. And every time the Word of the Lord has come to me, it's come to pass. Or given warnings to people. He's given me the Word of the Lord concerning marriages, concerning uh, the nation concerning, um, and he would give me a vision and, and, and about judgment coming upon nation. And it's very interesting that uh, uh, on several occasions I would see things. And then the word of the Lord would come, the audible voice of the Spirit says, and you will see this on tomorrow's news. And of course, I didn't watch news, so I had to turn on the news, find out, and yet it came to pass. And again, that is supernatural. How many know that's God speaking? How many know when the Word of the Lord, you know, is, is present that uh, in, in God sometimes will read your mails, you, you want to live right? Yeah. We, we made mention, remember, Brother Hagen would, would do this. And whenever he would preach and teach and do this, the person down here would be repenting. That is a healthy thing. I may mention my good friend, I won't mention his name, he's tall, redhead, writes lots of books, and his last name is Siegel, and his first name is Joel. <laughs> I, I'm not going to put them together unless you figure that out. <laughs> he would say this, you know, being with Brother Hagen, Dr. Frame, when, when, when Brother Hagen would get near, he'd start repenting, and he'd start repenting of sins he's never committed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, folks say, well, that's bondage. No, that's healthy. That's healthy. Now, look at this. It says this, that, um, I want to see if, yeah. Let me just read this to you. In Acts chapter 5 and verse 11, this is after Ananias and Sapphira fell dead. You know why they fell dead? They lied to the pastor. I've had people lie to my face. I didn't know it. And they, they didn't drop dead, but other things happened to them. You see, yeah, I see that, Lord. When there's greater power, there has to be greater caution. All right. I saw Jim Walker here, electrician, Steve Muck, electrician. Any other electricians, or at least, of course, Pastor Jeff is electrical. All right. If I'm wrong, stand up and say, this guy's a false prophet and doesn't know what he's talking about. A nine-volt battery. Do we all know what that is? Now, I've shared this before, and folks have never done this. I said, you missed after. How many here have taken a nine-volt battery and put it on your tongue? Look at that. How many have never heard about that? Go home and try it. <laughs> if you put a 9-volt battery on your tongue, you're not going to die. But you're going to feel it unless it's a very dead battery. You'll get a little buzz. And, you know, uh, 
If I had one, I'd do it right now in front of you and see, I didn't die. You get a little buzz. You can play around with nine volts. But uh, you get into a socket here. Now, is it 120 volts? Is that what you call it? 110, 120? In a regular socket, uh, electrical outlet. Okay, I'm, I'm getting nods. You know, remember, I'm a preacher. I know the Bible. I don't know electric stuff. And so, get the gist of it. You take that same principle and you put your tongue to an electrical outlet. That I don't recommend. That probably won't kill you, will it? Eh, it's iffy. They're going, yay. All right, who, volunteers tonight. Geo. <laughs> it may or may not kill you. But these electrical lines, overhead, Charles Capps said he, he, he witnessed an accident where a car hit an electrical line and everyone thought that the electrical line was shut off. And the EMTs went to go assist the people the crash and one of the, the EMT people got within a foot or two of that electrical line. It arced and killed him instantly. Even though he was sincere and honest, but he was ignorant. You can't play with power like that. And see, the more and more power and glory comes in manifestation, the more and more careful we must be how we conduct ourselves around the power. Just like electricity. And see, the problem is, a lot of churches don't even have nine volts. They can be sleeping together, they can be watching stuff, and they don't even feel a zap and, of conviction in their life. But when we get, and how many know that we're going to get back to the book of Acts, and the, the, the glory of the latter church will be greater in the former, we'll have more power than the, the book of Acts in these last days, that we have to be very, very careful of how we conduct ourselves around the power. Now again, was that in my message? No, it's what the Spirit of God wanted to say. But you do, I'm just saying, being around vision, being around power, power is meant to bless you and help you, or it can hurt you. Yeah. And so we, we need to get back where, where folks before they come to church, oh my God, oh God. You know, I, I, I snipped at my wife, oh Jesus, please forgive me. You know, uh, you know uh, a thought came to me, and I, I know it was the devil, but Father, please forgive me. And be in the presence of power like that. You know, when um, electricians, of course, handle power, you know, of course, they turn the power off. But if, if there's something, I mean, they dress. There's, there's a, they dress a certain way because they know, man, if you mishandled that power, it can kill you. And so, we're just sharing what the Spirit of God is saying. There's power coming to the church. There's visitation come to the church. The glory of the latter church will be greater than the former, and we're getting ready for it. We're hearing from heaven. We're getting our marching orders. And we're going to be very careful around that power. William Branham, 
was mightily used of the Lord. I'm not even to my introduction yet. And I believe he was in, in Lester Sermel's church. William Branham was a mighty prophet, and people were lined up because he, he would have the word of knowledge. He could read people's mail. An angel would come and assist him, and miracles would take place and before people's eyes. And of course, people, people need help. And thank God for visitations like that. But there's this long line, and the first woman came up to be healed of something. And of course, she's wanting to be healed. And you know what the prophet of God says? Where's your husband? Of course, you naturally say, what, what's that have to do about me being healed? I'm here. I want healing. And uh, I think she said something like this. Oh, he's at work. And the prophet of God says, no, you're not at work. He's home sleeping with your neighbor's wife right now. And it was verified and was. And you know what happened when he said that? Most of the line got out of the line. That's too much power to be messing with. Yeah. So, I'm just giving you a precursor of what is coming. All right, back to my message. All right. There was no vision. Get this. This is something. And came to pass at that time, what time of no vision? Eli was laid down in this place. Because there's no vision, no encounter with God, no visitation. Eli began to get comfortable. Eli began to get casual. He get to be, became complacent in his calling. That's a very dangerous thing. I remember a young, as a young man... I was talking to a minister twice my age who had great success early in his ministry, but just towards his later life, it, it, it just kind of, not fizzled, but he just kind of coasted to the end. And I remember him saying uh, uh, this, and I always remember this, says, you know, we had success and I, I ran well, but I, I, I just kind of, I coasted on my success. I just love what I did in my early years and I thought I was just going to ride that thing out. That's a dangerous thing to be. Dangerous place to be. Paul said this, not that I've already obtained, but I press after the high calling of God. We should, we should never be comfortable where we are. We ought to be comfortable. We ought to be secure in our relationship that God loves us. But we need to be like Paul. I press towards the mark of the high calling. You ministers, you know, maybe you've been ministry 20 years and say, well, I've done some things. Bless God. Go out fighting. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Just put on a show for heaven. Don't take ministry and life lightly. All right? Notice, no vision, then it says his eyes begin to wax dim. When there's no vision, people loosen their morals, and they can't see like they should. And when you can't see, you don't know where you're going. I remember that after I graduated from Rhema, you heard the story, I'll do a condensed version. I'm fixing clothes. That, uh, 
you know, there's a lot of weird doctrines going on. And I had left Raymond, became assistant pastor, and uh, I knew there's a lot of wild doctrines in the body of Christ, but I, I, I believe, you know, I followed Brother, I listened to tapes, his books, and so forth, but I was unable to get back to Brother Hagin for two years. You know, I had to make my bones in ministry and, and, and show my pastors, you know, I, I'm going to work hard, and I saved up vacation time. And man, I thought I, I was going to pat myself in the back um, for keeping pure and my vision straight. But when I got back to Brother Hagin, I realized I've gotten off slightly. And you say, well, that's no, no big issue. Well, you take an airplane leaving Buffalo and heading towards San Diego, that's about over 2,000 miles away, you get off just a few degrees, you don't hit San Diego. You hit Tijuana or you hit Los, you know, something up north. You can get up to Canada. You can be lost in the ocean. Why was that? My visitation. The person that was sent to me, I was away from that light for two years. Even though I thought I was doing well, I had to get under that light, that visitation to see clear. Now you say, well, that, that's a man. This is a principle. Sheep without a shepherd are scattered. We, we pastors know it. When sheep stop coming, they start in the front row. Then when they start sitting in the back row, you keep an eye on them. And when they used to be at every service, they just become an SOB, a Sunday-only person. SOB, Sunday-only bunch. I'm not cussing. Dr. Dufresne. It's a progression. Sunday-only people really have lost passion and fire for God. Unless... Of course, if they have to work, you know, and so forth. We, we understand. I'm just talking about people that just stay home watch Netflix. Brother Hagen said this about Pentecost. I would never believe that someone with filled with Holy Ghost would only uh, go to church one Sunday a month. He says, I, I couldn't believe that we backslid that much. And I raised my hand. Brother Hagen, you died. Wait till you see what happens in my generation. People take turns going to church. Yeah, they put everything, sports, everything before church. You know, and they, they only go come to church twice, twice a month. Why? There's no vision. There's no passion. There's no light in their life. And this is what's happening here. Then, you know, people, you know, sitting back, they stop coming to church. And every pastor knows this. They have a sad sogness thing. Things begin to happen. Why? They've lost vision. Their visitation was their pastor. You know, my visitation was Brother Hagen. And I knew after that I had to be in every Brother Hagen's meeting I could in order to have sight. I, I've seen ministers that, you know, just got casual and stopped following Brother Hagen. And then they got off in some weird thing and their ministry suffer. Pastor, get back on this. I'm, I'm talking by the Spirit of God. Then when God hooked me up with Dr. Dufresne, thank God for that, he took the cork and the pork out of my ministry. Can you have cork and pork? Yeah, my, I had pork and it was all corked up. 
I was loosed. He gave me an Adamon ministry. He set my, my, I struggled financially. I struggled anointing. It's just like my, my finances tripled and my anointing increased tenfold because I got, I have a visitation in my life. And then when God sent him to me, I knew that was my man of God. I says, I will be in five or six of your meetings a year. And I was faithful to that. And every time I get around him, I would see things. Breakthroughs would happen. What? We're talking about vision, visitation. It's not just a a vision that uh, someone sees open, but people can be a visitation. Your church, your pastor is a visitation in your life. Without it, you perish. Ministers, without their man and woman of God, uh, they get off. All right. I'm fixing to close. I must conclude this with my painting revelation. Some of you have heard it. Some of you may not. In my previous house, we lived on Route 20, just outside of Portland and inside of Westfield. We were in purgatory between Portland and Westfield, all right? And it was an older home. Uh, God led us to us. It was a great blessing to us. Um, And it was built right after the Civil War. And so, you know, beautiful hardwood, beautiful trim, beautiful lead windows and so forth. And, you know, where we were, it was a great blessing to us. But, you know, an old home like that has maintenance needs. And, you know, it, you know, it, it, you know some of the trim need to be painted around the windows and, you know, a, a little porch need to be painted. And so the day came where I, I'm going to paint, going to take care of this. And so I started when it was daylight, then it started getting dark. And you know, if you paint it, you don't want to have to clean up and clean everything to start over again, then you got to clean again. But if you do it all in one shot, you only need to clean it up once. It's just being effective. And it started getting dark. And so I said, I'm going to finish this job. And I began to paint. And I, I went around the, this big, beautiful window we had. And you know what? A revelation. The darker it was, the better my paint job was. <laughs> yeah. I was painting, and I, I was simply amazed. I says, I've been doing it wrong for 20 years. I've been painting a day. I, I am a night painter. That is my anointing. Man, it looks good. Look at the edge. Man, I, I, I don't even need to be careful. I could just do this and that. And I'm looking... Oh, this is wonderful. I finished up and I'm so happy. And clean up everything. And um, I go to bed. And then I wake up in the morning and says, Oh, yeah, that beautiful paint job. I'm just, I, I, even before I have coffee, I go see it. And I, I go out and see what has happened to my paint job. An enemy hath done this. Someone has sabotaged my paint job. Not the same paint job. There was an absence of vision, an absence of light. See, the further sheep are away from their church, everything seems good. Further a minister is away from their, their, their connections, everything seems good. The further in business, you know, we, we think everything is right, but we're not hearing from heaven, everything seems good. But the Bible says, in His light, we see light. Light is vision. Well, again, I'm just getting started, having got one-third of my message. But we got another night where there's no vision, people perish. Were you helped tonight?
Praise the Lord. Let's, let's pray. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, my master. Yeah, I keep getting that. I keep getting that, Jesus. Is there anything you want me to do about that? Let's, let's just pray for a little bit together. So what we're doing, there, there's something that keeps coming up to me. But just because it comes up to me doesn't mean I'm going to do something about it. And so I've learned through experiences, why is that coming up and what do you want me to do about this? And so, Lord, what do you want me to do about that? Ah. Yeah. Dreska, Yes, yes, yes. I, 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 that, that's, that's a whole nother message, but dude, ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Um, for some time now, my wife can attest, and he, even as I, I, I walked in here, the Spirit of God kept saying, cares, 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 mean weights and troubles and and of course, God doesn't want you to be troubled. God doesn't want you to be um, carrying worries and concerns. But not only worries and concerns, but um, if there's another part of care that, um, like to a loved one or maybe someone's ill, that you're caring for them. What's that mean? You're, you're, you're very concerned and you're putting a lot of effort towards them. And uh, the, the Bible talks about the cares of this world. And he keeps saying that, the cares of this world. You know, just as we would care for someone, give a lot of attention to, and, and use a lot of time. There's a lot of things of the world that take up a lot of our time that if we're not careful, it can choke the word. And uh, he was just saying, it'll choke your faith. You know, um, remember when Jesus told them to pass over to the other side of the lake? And Jesus popped up his pillow. He was in perfect peace. 
But the disciples were troubled, full of cares, full of worries, a storm. We, we got to do this, we got to do that. And uh, notice their faith didn't work. Only Jesus could reduce the storm because he was in a place of peace, a place of being carefree. And uh, there, there's some things that folks are believing for in God's work, but, but you're, you're, you're troubled and, and, and you're careful and you're, you're, you're involved in a whole lot of things. And then, then it occupies your thought life and your peace life and so forth. You've you got to deal with those cares. Now, again, that's more of a good pastoral message. But, um, but if you're here, you're here and you're troubled. Ah, yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Meaning, you know, it could be a legitimate thing or you can't, your mind is racing and you just want some help with that. I mean, we all need help from time to time. But this is something, it's so important to your faith and victory. God, God wants you to be carefree. I was in a prayer meeting once with, with uh, two pastors, and the, the Spirit of God interrupted our, our prayer meeting and says, have these uh, folks write it down. And it says, you can go no further in your life and ministry unless you take care of this problem. And number one thing was, he said, personal freedom about being carefree, learning to live in the light and easy Learning to live in delight and, and not being concerned or worried or worked up and wrought, wrought up about things. And so the Spirit of God, we're, we're here to get help. And if um, that's you, no, in the words of Reverend Rich, no condo bondo. When he first said that condo, what is that? Oh yeah, that's where people live that are very rich and have condos. And bondo is what you put on the car when it has rust. But then he, 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 the revelation, the interpretation, condemnation, bondage. There's no, condo, no condemnation, no guilt, no bondage. If you need help in this area, get help. Get help. If, if you're, you're troubled, you're concerned, you're weighed down, get some help tonight. The Spirit of God is reaching out to you. And uh, just follow the ushers if that's you. We'll minister to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Master. Yeah. Now I see that. So you have to get in a place of peace to make to hear from heaven, to hear from your spirit. Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do this? Should I do this? Is this what you want to do? And you have to be in that place of peace in order to hear from your spirit which way to go. And as long as you're, 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 you're worked up here, it's hard to listen and hear. And God wants to help you. God wants to help you. If I can have my wife assist me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We'll start over here. Thank you, my master. Yes. And Father, so I'm endeavoring to follow your lead and guidance. Father, we've all been there. I remember where I couldn't even think straight. Things were racing. But Father, I thank you for the anointing that's on our lives. And Father, you called it out, and therefore you will minister that which is needed for each individual. Ah, yes, free. Free, 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 free. Yeah. Free, 
free, free, free. Free, ha, yes, free, ha. Free, 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 free. Changes, changes, changes. Ah, oh. yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, I was um, ministering to people. Now, um, I got, not a, I don't know what I'm calling word now, but I'm to minister to folks with ears, ear problems. Now, something very interesting. I was up in Canada, and uh, Pastor Nancy was operating, uh, Pastor Nancy Dufresne was operating prophet's office, and she'd called someone out about an endowment for something. And, you know, I, I'm sitting there minding my business because I, I, I don't like to minister in anyone else's meeting. I'm just, I'm just thrilled to be there. And, you know, I'm just worshiping the Lord. 
And all of a sudden, not the word of the Lord, but my, the, my, my spirit, the, the still small voice. And I'm just, my mind is shut. I'm worshiping the Lord. He says, I want it for ears. It wasn't audible, but who said that? My spirit did. And of course, you know, only I could hear what's in my spirit. I didn't say it out loud. It, it startled me. And then right then, Pastor Nancy turns to me and says, the Lord's going to give you, is giving you an endowment for ears. So it was a supernatural thing. Now, I, I haven't ministered much, and so, ah, yeah. <laughs> and so I got to, I can't uh, bury that talent in a napkin. See, right now when I said it, the anointing of God's in my hands uh, for it. So if you have ear problems, what do you mean? Uh, stuffy ears, you need an eardrum, you're, you're hearing, whatever. We're just going to we start working that, that endowment. Amen. So if you, you need, need something with your ears, come forward. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, my Master. And if you can maybe get them about two feet away from the pulpit, I prefer to be on the bottom level, yes. Will you have enough room for people to fall? All right. Ah. And so, don't, don't be stopped. I'm going to put my hands on your ears, but I'll try to be gentle. Right here. Be open in Jesus' name. I command these ears to be open, the power of God to release you in Jesus' name. Ears, be open 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 in Jesus' name. Ah, yeah. Ears be open in Jesus' name. 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 Now, this is how it works sometimes. I'm laying hands, all of a sudden, next thing, you're having problems sleeping. Now, what it can be is if I pass someone there that has that as well, I may just pick it up what they have, but everyone gets in on it if you have trouble sleeping. You know, trouble sleeping at night, restlessness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And of course, you know naturally not to have a cup of coffee and and watch movies till two in the morning. You know, there's natural things. But you, you know, if you've done the natural thing and you, you need help. Ah, and, and honey, would you help me with this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I see that. I see it. I see it. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. We'll start right over here. Ah, he gives his beloved sleep. He gives his beloved sleep. 
He gives His beloved sleep. He gives His beloved sleep. He gives His beloved sleep. He gives His beloved sleep. He gives His beloved sleep. Oh. Mm-hmm. He gives His beloved sleep. Be blessed. He gives His beloved sleep. Ah, yes. Ooh. Yeah. Woo! Ah. Julie's an instigator. (laughs) You're not going that direction, are you, Pastor? No, I'm not. The Spirit of God is, and you can do what you want with it. I find this out. Ministers that didn't, weren't comfortable when Brother Hagin did it don't have in their services and say it's not for today. That's like saying healing's not for today, being filled with the Holy Ghost's not for today. What good is this? Uh, All three of you stand. If you can. Stand if you can. Uh, (laughs) Handsy outie. Do I dare get Gio out? <laughs> we'll wait until there's, there's a clearing. <laughs> Woo! Well, it's not scriptural. Merry heart doeth good like a medicine. A medicine. Stand up, sister, if you can. Woo! 
is this really necessary? Absolutely. Absolutely. If a pastor can't yield to this, I feel sorry for your congregation. So I'm training you. Let's just see if I trained you right. No pressure. <laughs> it works on tall people. How about not so tall? Wonder if it works on pastors from Pennsylvania. people carrying cares people carrying cares you got to be carefree let's sh- show them how it's done honey <laughs> handsy Audi Wonder if it works in Mayville and Corey. <laughs> Such dignified folks. <laughs> Hardhead. <laughs> you know, people can resist this in their heads. And they think, well, I don't believe, you're resisting the Spirit of God. I just don't believe in it. Well, neither does the devil, so you're in good grouping here. Yeah. Mary Jo, stand up. (laughs) Sit down. Stand up. Yeah. <laughs>
the wife, what about the husband? <laughs> he's, he's good, he's good, let him go. <laughs> what about mama? Like I said, if a pastor doesn't yield in this, I feel sorry for the congregation. Yeah, because it's, it's an outlet. The Spirit of God says, you can move this way, this way, but not this way. <laughs> hey! Woo! Ha! Woo! I don't know if it works on short Italians, though. <laughs> and don't just sit there like a spiritual dud. <laughs> You're called the ministry. Ah. Well, this makes me feel uncomfortable. It does to demons, too. Yeah. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Yeah. Jesus had the oil of joy above his fellows. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Woo! I'll just go where, where the demand is for it. How about you, man of God? You stand up. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Well, I'm not going to laugh. You don't need to laugh. That's, it's equivalent of the Holy Ghost giving you utterance in tongues and says, I'm not going to talk in tongues. And the same thing when the anointing laughs. Well, I'm not going to laugh unless he may, he's not going to make you. You yield to it just like in tongues. And it'll bless you. It'll bless your life. It'll bring health and life to you. Health and life to you. Health and life to you. 
<laughs> and it's good for your marriage too. <laughs> Woo! 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 Ha 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 one or two or three at a time. If we haven't been ministered or you want another dose and just want to be blessed, come on up. But we got to do it according to the ushers. Yeah. We'll do, we'll do this. Don't start yielding to it until you feel a tap of the usher behind you. boys. <laughs> Hi, champ. You want me to play for you? Ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. He. You're halfway there, aren't you? Woo. He. method. necessary. God likes it. The glory of God rolled in when that happened. And see, God doesn't go by what you think about things. Yeah. And a lot of times, your thinking be contrary to, to God in these areas. And you quench the spirit. Ah! Woo! Well, let's try that again. For those of you who didn't get in... 
newlyweds. Blessed? Yes. Will it be blessed? Oh, yeah. Doesn't that feel good? Doesn't that feel good? Mm. Sometimes you just got to stay long enough to break through some things. Ah. All right, we're fixing clothes. Anybody else? Two or three at a time before we close. All right. Wow, Jesus likes it. The glory's here. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Woo. Oh, my. Oh, 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 oh. I see that. Mm -mm. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, it's changing, but it's deeper. It's deeper. Oh, oh my. Yeah, you guys are awesome. You sense that. The glory fell. Oh, he was pleased with your yielding. He was pleased in your delight in the Lord. And he's come to honor us with a deeper anointing. Oh, oh Jesus. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. My, my, my. Ah. Meditori. Yeah. (laughs) I won't necessarily say it, but we're not alone in the service. Ah. We're not alone. We're not alone. Visitation from heaven. Ah. And I don't understand it, but I'll say it anyway, angels are here. And for those that responded to joy, and even if you may not know how you responded, they're here to take care of some business on your behalf, to do the heavy lifting. <sighs> for, for years now, the Lord has been saying, I'll be working with angels. Yeah, and they just came in. Ah, to do the heavy lifting. To do the heavy lifting. Desist. Oh. 
How many sense the glory? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Thank you, my master. Angels of God will give you charge. The heavy lifting of their faith, of their needs, and their desires. Be blessed, beautiful one. Be blessed. Oh, my. Oh. They've come to do the heavy lifting. Hmm. Mama, be blessed. Oh, the word of God says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll give you the desires of your heart. You delighted, and so He's come to give you desires. He's sent heavenly ambassadors. Ah. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. Thank you, my master. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Thank you, master. Oh. Master. Hey, sweetie. Then the worship team should get ready. If you could put your hands out. Ah. Ah. Thank you for the glory, Jesus. Thank you for the glory. Thank you. Thank you for angelic assistance. Do the heavy lifting. The heavy lifting. You can put your hands up. The heavy lifting. Oh, to do the heavy lifting. To do the heavy lifting. They're going to do the heavy lifting. Do the heavy lifting. Hi, 
sweetheart. Ready to be blessed? Hey, beautiful. Hey. Oh. All right. Hey, champ. Can you see your hands? Ready? All right. That's cool. Oh. Oh. Do the heavy lifting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A destiny. have the glory of God to, to come in the presence of God to come in like that so you know that means he's pleased he's pleased you know people delighted in him and it pleased him and he honored us with this glory and and uh, visitate visitors from heaven to, to do the heavy lifting well I don't know about you but I know where I'm going to be tomorrow night uh, Go from glory to glory. And so we're in glory right now. And let's see where we go next uh, tomorrow. We love you. God bless you. You're dismissed.